This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have in this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. The guest of my podcast this week is John Shalowicz, CEO of Lift Igniter. I truly think that the marketing stack is in a position to move from, you know, sort of evolutionary change that we had with marketing automation to now something revolutionary with AI and machine learning. 10, 12, 15 years ago was, you know, tracking users, segmenting them, going back, analyzing the data, redoing your segments, you know, bucketizing people, putting them in cohorts. The big idea is that customer interactions, customer experience, digital customer experiences need to be number one, real time, need to pick up on signals in real time. And related to that need to be behavioral based or need to understand your behavior in the moment or the user's behavior in the moment versus the traditional way of being tracking and segmenting and really focusing on who you are. So that's that's the sort of the biggest idea. It's it's what you are what you're doing, what you're interested in in the moment, not who you are and what you've clicked on, you know, at 10 other sites before you came to me. This is John. He's the CEO of Lift Igniter. John brings a wealth of experience in building innovative, fast-growing companies. He was the CEO of XDN, where he transformed the company into a category leader for application delivery services and led the company to a successful acquisition by Fortinet. He then founded CloudUp Networks and led the company as CEO to capture a critical part of the cloud data management market. After that, he became the CEO of Batchville, a leader in enterprise gamification that got acquired in July 2016 by Calendars Cloud, where in turn, he created a new division to address the 20 billion customer experience market. Calendars Cloud then got acquired by SAP in August 2017, and from there, John moved into an interim CEO role for Snaproot, with the prime objective to refocus the business. In April 2018, he then became the CEO of Lift Igniter, a Series A stage startup, which helps B2C and B2B companies optimize their web-based and app-based customer experience in real time. The way Lift Igniter does that intrigued me, hence I invited John to my podcast. We explore the challenges marketeers have these days in meeting the expectations of their prospects and their customers in the digital world we live in, while at the same time ensure that we are 100% compliant with regulations like GDPR. It has become impossible to keep up with the manual segmentation and tagging, as we all expect our suppliers to give us a personalized experience based on our behaviors in real time. By listening to this interview, you will learn three things. Firstly, how software that was created only six years ago can be tagged legacy 
if it hasn't found a way to embrace today's technology advances in compute power and infrastructure. Secondly, that true breakthroughs in technology can only be achieved by taking a distance from the conventional way of doing. Too often we get too engaged with improvement on improvement on improvement, but we should really start with a clean sheet. And thirdly, why as a CEO it is your duty to gear your company at the most valuable challenge of your ideal customer, not the most interesting challenge. You need to apply a level of adaptability, and with that you'll turn customers into fans. So, John, thank you for being on my podcast. And yes, thank to get you. It, to get it started, can you introduce yourself or tell a little bit more about what you've been doing so far and what is your, your passion to be in this business? Oh, great. Yeah, wow. So how long do we have? <laughs> do we have a couple hours on that? <laughs> I've, I've been in the industry a long time. So this is John Shalowitz. I'm CEO of Lift Igniter. And I've been in tech, running tech companies for about the last 20, 20 plus years, which is kind of scary to say. But you know, my, my career spanned everything, early days in actually network equipment and network infrastructure to security products, network security, and then moved into cloud, cloud infrastructure. And most recently have been involved a lot in terms of the marketing stack and customer engagement and kind of the newest technologies focused around that. And, you know, my passion is about, it's always been sort of being in industries that are in states of transition and, and sort of making not evolutionary change, but revolutionary change. So I truly think that the marketing stack is in a position to move from, you know, sort of evolutionary change that we had with marketing automation to now something revolutionary with AI and machine learning. Interesting. So, I mean, you started Lift Igniter, right? I did not. I, I was not the founder. I'm not the founder. I was brought on by the founder and the board. This is this is actually my fourth time to come in as CEO with a with just a you know all star engineering team, super genius people that have been doing an amazing job building a world class product and getting initial customer traction and initial product market fit. And then again, this is the fourth time I've come in to take that and build and grow the business. So I've been here. Let's see, it's been just about six months. So time flies. Okay. Time flies indeed. Exactly. I know how that feels. So what is the big idea behind Lift Igniter? Yeah, the big idea is, it's a couple things. It's that at its core, the way that companies, uh, typically brands, commerce companies, media companies interact with users in the past has been what I would call non-real time or really based on sort of older data, you know, I, I sort of started my career as a marketer and, and product management and sort of the best of breed or the status quo back, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago was, you know, tracking users, segmenting them, going back, analyzing the data, redoing your segments, you know, bucketizing people, putting them in cohorts and all that stuff, which is great. I mean, look, I think that's, I'm a big fan of that of that method. That's it's how I was trained and how I grew up. But the macro factor that's causing that to sort of fall by the wayside is a couple of things. The first thing is what I call, what a lot of people have called the Facebook effect, right? So, so Facebook, Twitter, Netflix, Amazon, all of those have created a level of customer experience where all of us, you know, we're all consumers as well. We're all used to having super fast, super rapid experiences, ones that adapt to us 
pretty much in real time, effectively in real time, that understand our preferences, that show us interesting things that you know, are tied to sort of what we're doing. And that's where older technologies that are focused on kind of the old way of doing things and segmenting are kind of falling by the wayside. So, so the, or we'll have, I think, more and more problems going on into the future. So the big idea is that customer interactions, customer experience, digital customer experiences need to be, number one, real-time, need to pick up on signals in real-time, and related to that, need to be behavioral-based or need to understand your behavior in the moment or the user's behavior in the moment versus the traditional way of being tracking and segmenting and really focusing on who you are. So that's that's the sort of the biggest idea. It's it's what you are, what you're doing, what you're interested in in the moment, not who you are and what you've clicked on, you know, at ten other sites before you came to me. And that's that's sort of the the big idea that we built the company around. And it's it's really one that is modern. It's one that leverages machine learning and artificial intelligence to come back with the best prediction of what that user is inter- interested in in the moment. And so that's, yeah, it's the basic foundation of the company. And it's very timely for a couple of reasons. As as I first mentioned, customer consumer preferences, customer preferences with things like the Facebook effect are moving to expect this sort of digital experience. So, you know, they want, they want to have something that they don't have to go in and program and tell them what they're interested in or state their preferences. They want, they expect the, the, the machine learning to understand it and to provide them the best, the best experience. And then on top of that, regulation and sort of the way companies are required to handle privacy now, especially with regulations like GDPR, you know, the old way of doing things are definitely falling under increased levels of scrutiny, which is why something like our system that's behavioral based is very GDPR and regulation friendly because it's not it's not trying to pull your private data to figure out who you are. It's watching what you do in the moment and then figuring out based on your behavior and your behavioral signals what to show you. So it's it's very much in line with the modern way, you know, modern regulations and the way that people want to want to interact with digital sites. Yeah, that's very topical, I would say. The GDPR regulations yes. that have been introduced this year are uh, making an impact on everybody. And it's going from, it's, it's changing the whole paradigm from push to pull. Uh, from, exactly. Yeah, yeah, from push to pull, yeah. Because every, in, in the past, everything could be pushed and pushed and pushed. And now it's exactly the opposite. Yeah, if you want to get on top of that again, then this is the technology to invest in. So what is the opportunity if you get this right? I mean, what are, you, are your customers experiencing from this? So we think this can fundamentally change the way websites and web experiences are, and digital experiences, including apps as well, are designed and built. So there's a, there's a bit of a boil the ocean vision that we have in that if, and a lot of this is only possible with modern advancements in machine learning and the benefit of various cloud computing providers and public cloud that allowed or allows company like us, like companies like us to provide this technology at a affordable or at a good price point. And what that means is that digital marketers Anyone who is in charge of a, a customer experience, either on the media side or publishing side or commerce side, can completely rethink how they build that experience. So rather than saying, okay, I need to create these guardrails and this very rigid structure, and because I can't make those decisions in real time, I need to basically, you know, this is sort of in the past, I have to have a very specific set of of Lego blocks and very big Lego blocks to build everything. And, and now with technologies like ours, 
things that can make decisions and and understand user interest and intent and, and behavior in real time, it completely changes those Lego blocks to, to sort of use that analogy. You're now working with microscopic Lego blocks that you can sort of build and and put together in real time. So, so I think if we are as successful as we think we can be, that we can help drive and we can help ride the wave of people looking to change the way that they build digital experiences to make it much more in the moment, much more user responsive, much more customer centric versus something that is preordained and predefined. Again, the, the push versus pull or the pull versus push. Exactly. Because in, in the past, it was all about pre-configuration and the market, the market here was, was doing that by setting the, the, the workflow and the timing for that and uh, the delays and it was all about exactly. kind of the, the best idea about what that person had in order to get the best conversion. And technology is taking over there. So how does the augmentation come in? On your website, you're talking about the augmented intelligence to transform customer experience. How does your product with, with the marketing team become a team that, cre- that creates almost like one plus one equals three type of impact? Yeah, Tan, great, great question. And and that's, I mean, you sort of, <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth, one plus one equals three, exactly. And so, uh, well, first off, I think AI is is an incredibly topical issue right now. Just this last week, the New York Times ran a an entire special section in the paper, on the actual physical paper, which I still subscribe to, <laughs> the physical paper around AI. They had a you know, multi-page, multi-section you know, around artificial intelligence. And a lot of the theme was addressing fears that consumers may have and even people who could be displaced or how their jobs was displaced by AI may have around it. And first off, I think the I think there is a little bit too much fear and hype around AI that there's certain things that AI it can do and can do really well. And there's a lot of things it doesn't do well and can't do on its own. So and we even see that in our customer interactions, because when when they see the power of what the Lift Igniter system can do, they take a step back and let's say they're a publisher and they're an editor and they go, whoa, wait a second. So if your system is now able to predict and pick the best articles to show people in real time, you know, what is what, what happens to my job? And that's, I'm the editor, isn't that my job? And and really the answer to that is, well, no, the system, now it allows you to focus on the really high value added things versus the mundane things of waking up every morning and saying, what are the three articles I'm going to put on the front page, right? Exactly. So that I think, you know, just in basic understanding that you can you can sort of say the machine will do this, the human will do that. We've even taken it the next step in terms of augmented intelligence to say that there's a blending of things that the human, you know, the machine can sort of build the models and build the profiles and and learn and, you know, over time, what are the best things to show people and the best way to interact with customers digitally? There's always going to be things that human intuition is going to win out. Machine learning obviously is very good at being retrospective. I've seen these things. I've seen similar things in the past. Therefore, I can predict when I see similar trends in the future that these are the best things to do in that instance, right? So they're very good at doing the type of retrospective look and predicting or showing or showing the best things to, to based on that on that prediction. What machines aren't good at are completely new things, surprises, things that that haven't been seen yet. You know, the black swans, right? They aren't really good at at seeing that. So that's where human intuition comes in and says, oh, well, I know that there's an election in 10 days. So therefore, you know, I and, and these are the issues that I'm thinking are going to be important or things that may 
come out as interesting issues. So therefore, if I'm an editor, I'm going to start to put a little bit of weight to these topics and these issues that that all blend with the machine. So in our platform, just specifically, we have the ability to sort of allow the editor, allow the merchandiser for an e-commerce company to sort of turn the knobs or work hand in hand, if you will, with the, with the AI. That's the way it should be. That's exactly also why I started this podcast, to have those type of stories, because I believe in, indeed, like you're saying, if you only, if you only look at automation alone, you're missing a big thing. That's yeah. what I believe as well. And yeah, it's really where one plus one equals three. And some of the people on the podcast have actually said that's even wrong because one plus one can also equally equally be 650. So yeah. it's yeah. like fundamentally or, bigger impacts. I mean, or if, I mean, I'll also say the, the contrarian view or the other reality is one plus one could be zero if it's not done right. And so exactly. this is really hard stuff to do. I mean, we've spent, you know, we've, we've spent four or five years perfecting this model and the system that you know didn't happen overnight and you know creating a standalone model that you just don't touch and leave it alone <laughs> that's that's hard enough but then allowing something that can be the best of machine learning with the best of human intuition coming together and blending it and providing a human digestible interface for the marketer for the the editor the merchandiser to be able to make those changes and have it reflect in real time is very hard to do but talking about that i mean on your journey of, of delivering this solution over the last couple of years, what have been sort of the three things or, or the thing that made a difference in terms of its impact? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start with the first two things, which and maybe the first one is worth two. So I think the biggest one is, is cloud and cloud infrastructure and cloud computing. Sure. So a company like Lyft Igniter, even six years ago or seven years ago would have been impossible, right? Because of the advancement in cloud infrastructure, such as provided by Google, Google Cloud, by Amazon, by Microsoft, by Oracle, you know, this type of product would have been impossible even, you know, six years ago. So, so that's, that's sort of the, the thing that cracked the code or that made this possible because the amount of raw horsepower and the amount of computational work that has to get done is, is immense. It's massive. It even, I mean, when I, it, it blew, you know, six months ago when I joined, I had no idea. I, I saw the results of what we did, which is why I decided to come here. I had no idea until I worked with the team and, and looked under the covers, just how much work and how much processing has to get done. Because for example, with our product, you know, we, we see 150 million unique users a month. We process 20 billion recommendations per month. And Every user, every moment of the day, everything they click on, every interaction, every scroll they do, everything they do on that site to interact with the content, the video, the products, the articles are things that will retrain our model. And it's not just for that one user, it's for the whole populace. So if you can think about you know, 150 million users, every click, every action, every view is rejiggering or recalculating our model. It's an immense amount of compute power that you need and an immense amount of networking power and network speed. So both you know, the fact that we're able to provide recommendations in less than 150 milliseconds, so about the time it takes you to click your eye, we've done our recalculations, we've picked up on the signal, seen what, what's happened, had to go into our model, recalculated the model, rescored everything in terms of what should be shown, and then sent the recommendations back all in 150 milliseconds round trip, which 
you know, even from a network perspective would have been impossible five or six years ago. Certainly from a compute side would have been certainly impossible. So, so we're riding the wave and really taking advantage of things that are being done in places like Google Cloud and, and other cloud providers. Okay. So it would have been impossible. And that, you know, and that's, that's a key differentiator and thing that we often work with our prospective customers when we meet with them to say, most other technologies out there, you know, make sure you, you ask your, your marketing technology provider, you know, how old is their stack? And when was the last time it was completely refreshed, not, you know, minor refresh, because I could pretty much guarantee if it was done anything more than, you know, six or so years ago, the company started or the main technology stack started, they probably haven't been able to migrate to things like we have because we sure. had the advantage of, of starting, you know, four years ago to take advantage of these technologies. Yeah, that's exactly the case. And it's uh, the last four years, everything that has come together in terms of the data, the, the compute power, the analytics power, and the memory technology, it's allowing you to do fundamentally different things. It is. And, and I would say the other, the other thing in terms of an aha or as sort of the evolution of LiftIgniter, we originally started in the very much in the ad tech space or in the sort of the ad pricing and sort of doing real, because we had something that was so darn fast and could yeah. in the moment respond with optimal answers, we sort of first said, hey, let's, let's look at maybe going after all the ad networks and focusing on that. Yeah. We even looked at stock pricing and saying, hey, you know, if we can if we can take a basket of things and figure out the best answer in real time and stock markets worth a lot of money, why don't, why don't we, can we build a, an analytics tool around that? And, you know, we found while those were, we had really some of the best technology out there to do that, it was somewhat limiting and one that we thought the bigger opportunity was around digital transformation and allowing media companies, brands, people that are going through the struggle of how do we become a modern company and use modern technology because we built something that was so easy to deploy and so sort of fungible in terms of where you can use it. We said the biggest opportunity is for us and sort of our calling is to take this out to everyone, not just the ad market or not just, you know, on stock optimization or stock price optimization. And that's sort of the, I don't even call it a pivot because it was early, early on, but that was sort of the aha that we said, you know, this technology has the ability to fundamentally change how enterprise companies, brands, publishers, commerce companies can interact with their with their users in real time. So, so that's that's where we we focus on on that market segment or that that use case the most. I mean, that, that problem is bigger, and the importance for companies is also uh, way higher. Because at the end, yes. it's about you know capturing those leads and make sure that they that they convert. And yep. if you get that number to to a higher number, that's that's pure business. Indeed, indeed. Well, that and that's actually an interesting aside, which is the majority of our customers are on the B2C side because, you know, yeah. naturally a personalization and recommending whatever, uh, recommending things, product articles, you know, the larger the inventory, the larger the catalog, obviously the harder the problem and the longer the tail, you know, we, we have some customers that have over a million, a million SKUs, right? And so there's immense amount of compute that we can bring to bear to make, to make that, bring to bear to make that very useful for them. But surprisingly, one of, one of the other ahas was that, you know, even for a B2B customers, and we have a growing number of B2B customers where they may have, you know, 30 articles or 100 articles that if it's a support use case, you know, even finding within 100 FAQs or support answers, the right one for the right per, for the person in the right moment, 
can mean the difference in a happy customer versus a churn, right? And and finding the right product recommendation for somebody that's about to spend a million dollars on your platform is immense. So the, the value of that action is even greater. So that was sort of one of the other call it ahas as well, is that there's a lot of a lot of benefit that we have even for B2B companies where the the inventory, the articles, the, the things they're recommending could actually be quite small. Yeah. So for me, it's been in the market for four years, three years, I guess. I mean, after the building phase, but what have you learned selling this? Yeah. I mean, because yeah, I, I think mean, it can be such a radically different impact that customers sometimes, what I've seen now in the podcast that I've been doing for a while now, is that there's also some um, inertia, like, you know, that people stick to their horses and, and yeah. say, yeah, yeah let's, let's keep doing this. Let's keep doing the old way. Yeah. Well, a couple of things. And I guess I'll, I guess top, top of mind or top level, I'd say, and this is, this is a learning that I have not just with Lift Igniter, but all the companies I've worked at, and especially, you know, the last, you know, eight, eight or so years that I've been CEO and running companies is that you really need to have a mix of adaptability with, with process. And that's, you know, it's sometimes counterintuitive in a special, especially in an early stage startup where you are finding product market fit, where you're sort of not quite sure where your, your ideal customer, your ICP, your ideal customer profile is going to end up. And, and so, you know, in that case, and especially when you're hiring salespeople, they tend to be like, hey, I'm just going to go out. And often your inclination is, well, let me hire the best of the best who've done this before, who've had big books of business and have sold multi-million dollar deals. And oftentimes what you learn is that if someone is sort of stuck in their ways and just wants to do it, sort of, you know, I got my way to do it and they want to be a cowboy and go out and do it. Well, maybe that's okay. But if you don't get data back and you can't create, you know, data points to, to draw lines, then, then you're not really learning. So especially I would say the biggest advice is that, is that when you're in sort of the A, a stage, A series or growing, finding your first 20, 50, 100 customers, product market fit, the blending that adaptability and exploration and seeing, you know, what are the areas that we could both from a target market standpoint to a sales motion standpoint, all of those are, has to be a level of, of adaptability and, and exploration. But if you don't have an overarching process around it to at least be able to grade and evaluate what did we do here and what worked and what didn't we do here, et cetera, then you're just taking shots in the dark. So, yeah. so that's sort of the biggest, the biggest learning and the biggest advice I would give is you got to mix the, the adaptability with the process. I agree. And that's how it comes together. If AI is yep. used without a process, nothing will happen. Exactly. So what have you been most proud of? You've been six months with the company. What is the story that, that blew your mind? Oh, boy. <laughs> most proud of? Wow. I guess a couple things. One, we've had incredible retention rates with our installed-based customers, which is always important when you're in these early days. There's there's almost almost more important to be you know, having, you know, zero to negative churn at this early stage. And that's been, you know, we've been, you know, I've been, we've been really fortunate to have some amazing customers and to be giving them a good product. So they keep coming back and even seeing some of our longer term customers go from, you know, one site, four sites, now 10 sites with us. So I think the the expansion in, exist, in existing customers has been, has been something that is both, I guess proud of, but something that's really, really exciting for me to see. I think 
seeing new verticals that are popping up as areas of, of growth for us has also been quite interesting and intriguing. And again, this sort of gets back to advice as well. You know, the tendency, especially in an early stage startup, is to say, oh, I want to do everything. And <laughs> I want to, oh, yes, that's good. And that's good. And that's good. Because it is, right? If you have a product that's great and people like it, there's going to be, and it's something that you've built by definition to be fungible and to work across all types of data sets and industries, then naturally you're going to easily find multiple areas and use cases for you to go after. And that's a bit of the rigor that, that I have to, that we have to as a, as a team, you know, put into our process to say, okay, well, look, let's nail these first two verticals and then we're going to move yeah. to this next one, this next one, and this next one. Exactly. Otherwise you're going to be uh, very wide, but not deep enough. Yes. Thin and thin and wide. Yeah, exactly. Out of what you've learned so far, what would, be, what would be an advice to a chief marketeer or CEO of a company that is looking to grow their company? How should people start looking, well, kind of asking different questions possibly? Yeah, I think, well, if it's, if it's in terms of like our, our target customers that we're talking to, I think the biggest advice is you really do need to be looking at machine learning and AI in your marketing stack, in your digital, your digital experience that... You know, if you're if you're still tagging things manually and and trying to manually handcraft the, the experience, or using sort of a marketing stack and a sort of a digital a CMS or a, or a platform for your commerce site, merchandising site, where you still have to be creating lots of rules and lots sure. of you know hard coded you know if then rule sets, then it's quickly going to break down over time. You're just not going to be able to keep up with companies that are more dynamic, that are doing things in real time, that are sort of chasing and following the pathway that a Facebook and a Instagram and a YouTube have gone down. I agree. I mean, it's maybe not even the, the fact that, that they're doing the, that has handcrafted work, but it's the effect of the effect that with so many visitors to the website, which want all different things, you're just going to miss out on so many conversions. Indeed, indeed. And, and it's hard because look, you know, there are people who have spent, you know, years perfecting all their rules. And it's it's often hard to sort of take a step back and say, I'm going to burn the bridge. I'm going to, you know, scorch the earth and go into something new. I completely empathize with how people have to change the way they're thinking. And it is a bit scary to say, you know, as a marketer, as a digital, someone who's in charge of a digital experience or audience engagement, you know, I've been trained or person's been trained maybe the last 10 years and creating rules and creating segments and creating cohorts. So sort of take a step back and change that is hard, which is again, back to the earlier question about augmented intelligence. You know, we're finding that, you know, by providing the best of both worlds or the ability to have machine learning and AI together with some expert rules that the marketer is putting in really helps not only get the one plus one equals three or 640, but helps with the market adoption and market comfort with moving to artificial intelligence. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like a no-brainer. You can almost not afford not looking at it. Yep. So what is next for you? What is your greatest aspiration? Or maybe what is your aspiration out of your six months in? Yeah, well, I mean, for me personally, continuing to grow the business, we're, you know, we got sort of more more interest than we can we can get to at any one given moment. So that's always a good thing, I guess. So you know we're going to be growing a lot as a team. So that's that's kind of just from a from a company standpoint is something I'm excited about, both on the engineering development side and the sales and go to market side. You know, I think 
from a product standpoint, we're going to be continuing to invest in and grow this augmented intelligence concept or this augmented intelligence feature set. So things that bring together the best of machine learning with the best of human intuition. And along those lines, you know, putting more and more self-service components into our product and more out-of-the-box integrations. So expect to see our technology sort of both being available sort of from us and direct where people can, you know, use and subscribe to our, our service. And you may start to see it more and more sort of embedded in and part of a larger content platform or merchandising platform. So that's that's, that's cool. something that that I think we are going to be spending a lot more focus on, and then of course on the on the AI side and machine learning side, you know we have some of the smartest engineers that built their roots are in YouTube and Google and built the recommendation engine at, at YouTube that everyone is so enamored with and has done an amazing job providing the best possible video recommendations and it's why it's why YouTube is so darn addicting and you go in there for expecting to spend five minutes looking at some videos an hour an hour later you've clicked on about 50 different things that you never expected going into it, but has been an enjoyable and, and fun experience. So, you know, that same team, we're looking at how we build even more advanced algorithms. We're doing a lot in deep learning, especially around video and image content. We're trying to make the classification of content and the classification of videos much more automated and easy so that the marketer doesn't have to go in and manually tag or define things that we can give them the digital assist or the the machine learning AI assist to do a lot of that heavy lifting for them. And, you know, expect to see more and more from us in those areas around deep learning. Interesting. Never a dull moment in this industry, right? <laughs> Never a dull moment. That's why I love it. So what's your big ask? How can the audience, the, list, the, the listeners, how can they help you? Yeah, I think, well, well, a couple things. I think one, obviously being open-minded to new technology and you know, understanding and researching about AI if they've they've thought about it in the past, but have been maybe resistant because it was something maybe new and scary. I think the biggest ask is read up on it. There's so much that is being done to make AI and machine learning sort of more consumable and 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 less sort of scary and less a binary decision. I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions on AI and machine learning is that it's a binary thing. I'm either 100% trusting the machine or I'm doing it myself. So I think that's that's the biggest ask that people open their mind up and take a look at technologies like ours and a lot of great technologies out there that are blending AI with human interaction or intuition. So that's probably the that's probably the biggest and I think the other thing is to I think the my biggest hope and call to action to the marketers and sort of people in charge of digital engagement is to really go and look at the products and the stack that they're using and ask the hard questions on, you know, their technical team and their engineering team and their vendors to say, are we really getting best of breed and leading edge technology? And and what can we do to, what can we do to sort of be up there competing with the best of the best? And there's, there's, you know, with technologies like ours, there's no excuse for, for digital experiences to be static and boring and whatever. It should be dynamic and fun and, as good as you get on Facebook and, and other, other social outlets. Yeah, true. Yeah, first figure out, like, what is the benchmark today? <laughs> You'll be amazed. Yeah. Exactly. So where can people go to find out more about LiftIgniter or um, well, just to say hi to you? Oh, well, LiftIgniter.com. So as our name, L-I-F-T-I-G-N-I-T-E-R, <laughs> LiftIgniter.com. So a great, great place to go to learn more about us. 
And we have podcasts, we have product examples, customer examples. A lot of that is great. The, the beauty of what we do is that because the vast majority of our customers are public facing websites, you can test out and see our experience. So if someone goes to our website and looks up our customers, we have not only case studies and examples of customers, but you can go to those websites and you know see the experience yourself. So that's a great way to, to experience it. You know, I for me, I, I blog a lot on topics around digital engagement and customer experience, as well as management and leadership. I have a, a Medium blog, so if you go to Medium and just search my name, hopefully their search works well. You can you can find my articles that hopefully people find interesting. So, <laughs> so that's where that's where I am at. I'll definitely do that, and I think uh, that's a good recommendation for people to do as well, just to yeah to see to open to get open minded and to understand what is really possible. Yep. Thank you for your time today and for your passionate explanation of what the product does and how it makes a difference in, uh, in the marketing world. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Really, really enjoyed speaking with you. The pleasure was fully on my side, John. And for everybody else that's listening today, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to John Shalowicz, CEO of Lift Igniter. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, And lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.